You're listening to the Wellness Insider Network, episode number 16. Welcome to the Wellness Insider Network podcast, a place where you discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and stress-free life with the right food, herbs, and self-care techniques. I'm your host, Lana Camille. I'm a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. Hello, everyone. I am very excited to have Emily Hunt with me today. And uh, Emily empowers people to cultivate a mindful relationship with nature and nourishment. She's a herbalist, educator, recipe developer, and she focuses on topics such as handmade food, drinks, wild crafting, and gardening. Uh, she loves to connect with the natural world, and she's a communication director for uh, a company called LearningHerbs.com, and she's also an author of Wild Drinks and Cocktails, handcrafted squashes, shrubs, switchels, tonics, and infusions to mix at home. And this is the book uh, that uh, inspired me to uh, connect with Emily because I really loved uh, reading her recipes and really trying them. Uh, Emily is also founder of the LA Food Swap and co-founder of the International uh, Food Swap Network. Uh, she uh, studied art history uh, before her days as an herbalist and educator at Hampshire College. She's a library and information science uh, a professional from the San Jose uh, State University and also has a master's degree in food preservation at the University of California Cooperative Extension. She lives in Los Angeles with her two cats and her husband, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have her here. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I, you had a fascinating path, and I would love really to learn more about your journey and how all these things affected you and in terms of where you are today as an herbalist, educator, and recipe creator. Yeah, it's funny. It's certainly um, the path of an herbalist is, was not what I um, envisioned when I first um, you know, went out into the world and, and started my career. Um, but when I look back, I can kind of see all the different the different strands and how they wove together. I grew up with um, two parents who were acupuncturists. So holistic health was just, you know, dinner table talk, you know, it was okay. something that that um, I grew up with. And um, we also my parents were also gardeners and we spent a lot of time hiking and in connecting with nature. And so I think those things were always in there. But of course, you know, I when my father approached me and thought, you know, maybe you should become an acupuncturist. You can work with me. I was like, no way. I'm not interested in health. Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's not that's not the the way for me. And I uh, was really interested in art and uh, books. And so I studied art history and then library information science. And I became an art librarian. Uh, and that was something that I really, really loved. And but um, along the way, I was also always really interested in cooking and making things by hand and food and drinks. And so I became a recipe and food blogger on the side. Um, okay. so while I was a librarian, I was also um, writing um, primarily for a website called thekitchen.com. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did that. And then there came a point when uh, my entire department at the library was laid off. Okay. And um, 
it wasn't really, yeah, that was a career that I thought I would have for the rest of my life. But at that point, I thought, well, you know, let's, let's see what else is out there. So I started to pursue more of the the uh, recipe development um, part of my my work and uh, working as a as a food and drink writer and oh, that whole time I had I uh, grew up in Texas uh, but I moved to Los Angeles my husband is from here and so part of just getting to know this huge crazy metropolis of Los Angeles was actually um, connecting with the pieces of nature that I could find in LA mm-hmm. um, which probably doesn't immediately come to mind when you think of LA, but my husband grew up here and he was very connected to the land. And so I spent a lot of time out um, hiking and learning about all the plants uh, that were around us. And so slowly that those wild plants and herbs kind of infused their way into the food and drink work that I was doing. And I think, you know, it's just kind of one thing led to another and eventually um, started to learn a lot more about about herbalism and and went on that path. <laughs> so it's um, that's wonderful. maybe not straightforward, but <laughs> yeah. And so you became a communication director for learningherbs.com. Uh, so uh, I am familiar with that organization, but I'm much less familiar with the uh, International Food Swap and LA Food Swap. Can you tell us a little Hi. bit about this? Um, so... Being someone who made a lot of a uh, lot of different, I was always experimenting. You know, making different drinks and sodas, or uh, d- you know, different foods, and both from things that um, I wildcrafted, like elderflowers or, or nettles and things like that, as well as just um, ingredients that I found at the farmers market near me. Um, but I was always experimenting with things, and my kitchen would just become you know filled with like jars and bottles and you know all these things that we couldn't necessarily. Uh, enjoy ourselves all the time. So um, I heard about this concept called food swapping, where people, um, a group of people would get together, bring different um, things that they had made by foods that they had made by hand, um, or grown in their gardens and would get together and and trade them. And it's not, you know, people have been sharing and bartering and uh, food forever. So it's not, you know, something, a new concept, but it was kind of a new model. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I met um, Kate Payne, who was one of the co-founders of one of the first uh, food swaps in Brooklyn and in Austin, Texas. And um, I started my own food swap in Los Angeles. And then she and I were talking because we would end up um, having these conversations with people who wanted to start a food swap in their own town and, you know, just kind of sharing our our experiences and, and ideas and advice with them. So we started the Food Swap Network, which was a website where people could get resources and, and you know, find a swap that was in their area. Um, and so it was a great way to, to meet other foodies as well as we've, um, in the LA Food Swap, you know, we've had a number of herbalists and, you know, coming and sharing their creations. And um, I realized too, that it wasn't just about uh, the you know, the foods themselves, it was really that sense of community. Um, so I love being able to build that, you know, whether it's the herbal community online with learning herbs or, you know, people getting together and, and sharing things in person, that, that sense of community around the things that we make and, and nourish ourselves with. That's wonderful. So it's foods, but it's also drinks or any of the topical products or anything along those lines, but yeah, it, it's I mean, mostly edible. Has their own, um, I guess, you know, rules or, you know, parameters around what they swap. The ones that we've done in Los Angeles have primarily been things that you could ingest, you know, whether it was food or drink. But, you know, of course, as um, as I'm really interested in that those lines between what's food and medicine, of course, you know, are are blurred and as 
of often course. one of the same. <laughs> of course, of course. So as I mentioned earlier, I got really to know your work and started uh, closely following you after your publication of your book, Wild Drinks and Cocktails. And uh, I really enjoyed the recipes, but I remember uh, listening to one of your presentations or one of your lectures where you were talking about how you actually wrote the book and the months of experimentation. Tell us more <laughs> about that. Yeah, so that the book, um, you know, it was funny. It was this little kernel of an idea of doing a book like this um, had been in my mind for a while, but I, I thought no, no one's going to be interested in that. You know, that's this too strange. It's you know, who who would really be interested in in a, in a cookbook about uh, herbal drinks or wild crafted drinks? Well, um, turns out someone was interested. Um, a, a publisher, Fairwinds Press, um, reached out to me, and they were actually looking for someone to do a book um, about you know, healthful drinks and and foraged ingredients and um, you know interesting, unusual drinks like shrubs and switchels and things like that. Um, and they uh, found my work. You know, I had been writing online for years and years, um, and they found you know a lot of the recipes and articles that I had written. So reached out to me, and um, we embarked on. I'm doing this book project. Um, and it was kind of a crazy uh, experience. I basically had three months to write, uh, test all the recipes, write the book, photograph, you know, the images of the recipes. Um, so it was, it was a, um, a crazy journey <laughs> doing that. But um, you know, fortunately, I think one of the best parts about it is I had this great team of volunteer recipe testers. So I would, you know, be in my kitchen, I would, you know, test a recipe and I would do it several times myself and then you know, see if it, if it worked. And if I liked it, then I would send it out to uh, one of the volunteers who would then test it in their kitchen and give me feedback. And that was just a really um, fantastic, you know, experience just getting people's feedback and also feeling like, like I wasn't so alone, you know, in this, in this process. So right. it became a book of, of many, many people's efforts. So they were actually making them from scratch as well, right? So they were right. eating what you were doing. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that the recipe, you know, made sense to someone else just because it, you know, sounded good to me. You know, I wanted to, some, you know, sometimes people might say, oh, this is a, this step is a little unclear or, um, you know, it's actually really hard for me to find, you know, this this herb in my area. Um, you know, this isn't working out for me or, you know, just kind of different feedback or I this was really delicious, you know, which I love to hear. Or sometimes, yeah, you know, I didn't really like this one. So my family didn't like it. And, you know, which would be hard to hear, but it was great, you know, feedback. And then I might send it to someone else and see, you know, okay, what did you think? And um, so getting that feedback was was really helpful just to make sure that, you know, I, I definitely wanted the recipes to, to be easy to, for other people to follow. And so I think that a lot of the recipes that I read, some of them were more medicinal in nature and other were a lot more just fun things that you would do. Yeah, it was really kind of a combination. Um, you know, I wanted to, the publisher too wanted a book that, had a lot of those, um, you know, kind of a health angle, but wasn't you know, like hardcore, you know, medicinal drinks. So that there could really be something to hopefully interest a lot of different people and and bring them in. So it was, you know, I thought it would be a good, maybe a good introduction <laughs> to a lot of people to just start to discover. That's awesome. Do you feel that you're a lot more tapped into mixologist community after publishing the book? Yeah, I. Um, I had be started to become interested in kind of um, the history of cocktails and and mixology um, just as I was as I was studying the history of drinks in general. Um, 
and and realizing that so many of the the drinks and and ingredients we have today have this long history you know things like bitters which you know are really popular in a bartender community but actually have this long medicinal history um and so i just became so fascinated with um all the you know all these different different preparations and drinks you know through the ages and um, then I reached out to a local uh, mixologist, Matthew Biancaniello, who's total like chef genius, mad scientist, um, a cocktail crafter, and um, and just asked, you know, I said, hey, you know, could could I apprentice with you for a while? So you know, I, I spent several months, you know, working with him, just kind of learning more about about. Um, crafting cocktails. And so I felt like that gave me some of the confidence to, to, to write about these things that maybe I was experimenting myself, but, but, um, and got more experience. I checked out his website when I was preparing for this interview and it is absolutely fascinating, but it sounds like he uses herbs a lot less. He's using more fresh fruit and various other things, but a lot fewer herbs than perhaps are in your recipes. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, his, I mean, his focus isn't um, medicinal herbs, but he would bring in um, just so many fascinating ingredients. Um, I mean, and, and would use a lot of, you know, interesting, um, you know, different varieties of, of shiso or mint or um, some of the um, Latin American um, herbs like the like papalo and wakatai and like, you know, all these like, so he would incorporate, you know, a lot of interesting things, maybe not with the herbalist bent, but it was fun to, to, uh, to work with different ingredients that way. That, that's fascinating. So uh, after uh, doing the apprenticeship with him and after writing the book and experimenting with different things, are there several go-to recipes that you typically gravitate to? Um, you know, it's, I'm, I, my favorite is just kind of working with whatever I have. So whatever happens to be in season. So if I'm, if I'm out walking in the neighborhood and there's a bunch of, you know, wild radish plants or something like that, you know, then I'm like, okay, how can we turn this into a drink? Or if I'm at in my garden and we've got a bunch of, uh, like the lemon bomb is going crazy, you know, like, okay, what can we do here? Um, so, um, so although the book has kind of specific recipes, um, I was hoping that it would also just kind of teach people an approach that, okay, if you have, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of herbs, you know, whether it's dried herbs or something from your garden or your market, that uh, there are ways you could, you could make a syrup out of it. And then you could take that syrup and then maybe turn that into a soda. And um, so, yeah, I think there's, I probably, yeah, I have a few favorites <laughs> um, in the book, but really I just, I love that connection with with um, working whatever nature is is uh, providing at the at the time, and also learning just the approach to it. So I really yeah. appreciate that. So yeah. on average, um, other than the fresh uh, herbs or the fresh plants that you have, other certain. So mm -hmm. I'm looking at you right now, and there is uh, a whole shelf of different herbs that are sitting behind you. And so, are there certain things that you typically have on hand? whether there might be spices or maybe certain tools that you think that every mixologist or every beginning um, mixologist should have. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, as far as tools, you know, I think it, you want to have a lot of jars, um, both so that you can store your dried herbs in the jars. You can use those for um, if you're making an infusion, um, like an infused liquor or an infused honey, um, you're going to, you can make that in your jar. Then once you, make a syrup you can store it in your jar so you know my my uh poor husband you know feels like i think our lives are uh, overrun with jars sometimes mm -hmm. but um that's you know uh, 
one thing to have um lots of different bottles things to strain with and um you really i don't want people to feel like this is something that's super complicated or expensive and that you have to have a lot of, you know you can kind of use what's around the house but um but i love you know i i, I love all the tools myself so i have many different sizes of, of strainers and and funnels and things like that i i, I enjoy all that um a lot of the recipes, you know, if you're going to do it on the stove, it's just a, a saucepan, you know, something you already have in your kitchen, um, open spoon. So it's, um, doesn't get too complicated. As far as ingredients go, um, I always have, um, you know, things like, like, uh, I love using fresh ginger, but I also always have dried ginger root on hand. I have things like, uh, dried rose hips, um, a lot of, uh, ingredients, especially to make, um, bitters, I'll have like, dried citrus peels, orange, lemon, grapefruit, um, things like um, dandelion root, burdock root, um, gentian root, you know, kinds of, um, so it's, but I think it really, it, I like people to, you know, follow what their own senses and the things that taste good to them. So, mm -hmm. um, so if there's, if there's an herb that's calling to you, whether it's, it's uh, fresh or dried, and it can be fun to experiment with it in both forms too, and see how it, how it, taste different and how it feels different in your body. And so, um, so I really encourage people to, um, you don't have to have, you know, a hundred different, different plants with you just to start with one or two and, and play with those. I really like that uh, message that it's important to start with just one or two or a couple of things and not get overwhelmed with the diversity that surrounds us. So thank you for that. Right. Um, in general, in addition to your books, um, are there other resources that you would recommend for anyone that is trying to learn more about uh, preparing herbal cocktails uh, and uh, drinks or just in general, uh, maybe cooking a lot more with um, things that they wildcraft and things of that type? Yeah, um, let's see. Well, in terms of um, books that are specifically about, uh, about cocktails. There's a, um, a book called the bar book, um, by, uh, Jeffrey Morgenstern. And that one, you know, if you're interested in the cocktail realm of things, you know, that one's awesome. Um, if you're interested in books, uh, about bitters, there's a great one, um, called bitters <laughs> by Brad Parsons. Um, and that one will um, help you both make bitters as well as use them in different cocktails. So you can kind of see different ways to use them. Um, there's also a great cookbook that's not drink focused, but about uh, the bitter taste um, mm -hmm. by Naomi Duguid, mm -hmm. um, and uh, just called Bitter. And that one, um, no, I'm sorry, I have the wrong. Jennifer McLagan. Yeah, there's a quote in there from Naomi, but yeah, Jennifer McLagan's book Bitter is awesome. Um, and in terms of about learning wild plants, um, Foraging and Feasting by Dina Falcone is a beautiful book um, to learn about a lot of common um, wild uh, plants that you could use. Of course, there are, wherever you live, you probably want to find a good field guide or, you know, even, even better, someone in person who can teach you about the plants that live um, in your particular region. There are so, you know, so many things that, um, you know, both your own personal safety um, in terms of, you know, not wanting to harvest where there's going to be um, chemical runoff or, you know, car exhaust and things like that, as well as um, to me, it's really, really important to um, that this is a reciprocal relationship. So we're not just taking the plants. We're also thinking about um, our role and and the life of the plants themselves, as well as their um 
role in the ecosystem, you know, other birds and, and insects and mammals that also depend on these plants. So, um, you know, living in Los Angeles where we had a, a drought for many years, you know, there were some times when, to me, it was actually being a forager meant not foraging, you know, it would actually be, you know what, we have very few elderberries right now. I'm not going to take any for myself. I'm going to leave them for the birds and I will buy, you know, dried elderberries, you know, from mountain reserves or something like that. So, um, so it's also about always, you know, being responsible and, and, and making that, that assessment. Thank you. Thank you for this. So what are some of the additional things that you think uh, is important for this audience to know? And so a lot of people that are in uh, our audience are either college students or young professionals that are learning about how to take care of themselves, but also what uh, one of my intentions is to make sure that what they're learning is fun and they can incorporate in their everyday uh, lifestyle. So this becomes a lot more of a... Um, typical thing for them and something that is a lot more com- that they are a lot more comfortable with yeah I think that's so important is that I I really want people to feel that it's something simple and approachable that anyone can do it you don't have to be you know an, a clinical herbalist that has studied for 20 years or you don't um, you know you don't have to have a lot of complicated equipment or ingredients that this is really something you can um, you know you can start as simply as just um, buying some mint from the grocery store and, and adding that to a drink that you wouldn't normally, you know, maybe you you um, you can make a tea with it, but also like you're making a cocktail with uh, for your friends or your family and you could just, you know, add a little sprig of that. And, and so it's, it can just, you can start really simple. And then as you start learning about more plants and more ingredients, then, you know, just think of ways to, that you might incorporate that into your everyday food and your drink. Um, I think it's, you know, it's really about using your own senses too. Like what, what feels joyful and and wonderful to you you know that if you smell it and you're like in the, and that you know sparks something in you or or um it looks beautiful it you know it, it um of course tastes you know good to you so to incorporate those those things because that's it you know that's the way that that plants will really become part of our lives um if um if we're taking that pleasure in it also thank you uh, so Emily, one of the I remember seeing one of the pictures either on your website or somewhere else, uh, or maybe in your book, where you had um, different cups and different uh, glass jars with uh, little pipettes. So uh, do you oh. teach classes? How, how if when you teach classes with the cordials and drinks and cocktails, what mm. what usually happens in that environment? And how would someone try to do it maybe in a different place? Yeah, and I do teach classes. And that was something that, you know, I think as as I have evolved, you know, as an herbalist and a teacher, um, something that I was so shy about doing and would never have, you know, thought about teaching a class, but people would more and more ask me and they wanted to learn. And I thought, well, I have things to share. So I think part of that responsibility um, is sharing these things with other people. So, um, so I do teach a lot of classes now. Um, the picture you saw was probably from a bitters class, which is one of my favorites to teach and one of the most uh, popular ones that mm-hmm. people ask me to teach where I will make up, um, well, I tend to go overboard and cause I'm having so much fun and I'll just make dozens and dozens of different tinctures of different, um, herbs and, and have them out on a table for people to experience and, and mix and play with and make their own bitters. Um, but like I 
coming up. I have a couple of tea, uh, classes on tea blending and making mocktails uh, with with tea. So um, again, you know, different ways that people can incorporate these plants into their own daily lives and also share it with other people because I think um, it's as an herbalist, you know, you want everybody to, to love, you know, salves and tinctures and, you know, things like this. But sometimes that's not going to be so appealing to other people right off the bat. But you give them a beautiful, delicious drink and they're like, oh, interesting. You know, what's what's in this? And then you can kind of um, connect them to plants in that way. So, um, so yeah, with the classes, you know, we'll often... Um, Really, I just I want people to leave feeling feeling empowered that they could go home right away and start making something after the class. Um, and um, I get you know great. I love hearing back when you know people are like, oh, I took your class yesterday, and tonight I had a little party, and uh, you know made some drinks for people, and um, and that to to me is is uh, really wonderful. And I love this because as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about a class that I teach right now. I have about 50 pharmacy students that are learning all about different herbs and how to use them for a variety of different things. And so I am trying to picture in my mind if we actually could have a, uh, you know, herbal drinks party at the very end of the course. So oh, I will let, yeah. I will report back. I don't know, oh, that I don't so know fun. for sure, but I'm hoping because my students are experimenting with six different preparations from teas to decoctions, uh, infusions, decoctions, a uh, variety of different vinegars and honeys and oils and various other things. So I think that oh, that would be a next step to share all these things together. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, that sounds so fun. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So as we're coming to an end, I wanted to ask you, how could the listeners of this podcast learn more about you and uh, uh, learn from you? Yeah, they can go to emilyhan.com and um, yeah, there you know, there's a link to the book if you want to check out uh, that and then also um, information about my classes. Um, I primarily teach in Los Angeles, but I sometimes travel around too. So, um, you know, if someone's uh, interested, you can sign up for my mailing list and find out where I'll be. Or um, if, if you're organizing something, you know, I can see if, if uh, you know, might fit in with my travels and I could could go uh, visit you and, and uh, awesome. teach, uh, teach with you or attend your food swap. <laughs> so, okay. awesome. Um, yeah, that sounds great. And you also are on social media. I know that you are on Instagram and I'm always admiring your beautiful pictures. Yes. So oh, I will, thank you. I will definitely yeah, include. You, uh, go to my website. You can see all my uh, social media links and love, would love to connect with people that way, too. Okay. Emily, thank you so very much. This was absolutely fabulous. It was a very enjoyable and great speaking with you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed this exciting conversation with Emily. You'll be able to find her site, links, and recommendations in the show notes at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 16. If you have a moment, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could help the show by leaving an iTunes rating or review so more people could learn about the Wellness Insider Network. I definitely read every single one of them. This episode is proudly brought to you by HerbMentor.com. HerbMentor is a forum provided by an innovative herbal education company called LearningHerbs.com. At one time or another, I took every single course LearningHerbs.com has created. 
So some use Herb Mentor as a personal herbal home study program, while others explore a variety of different features it has to offer, or maybe utilize it along with other herbal program. At the same time, there is a large group of people that will use Herb Mentor's vibrant community to connect with other curious people, those that are really inspired to learn more about plants and plant medicine. If you're listening to this episode before February 22nd, please check out the link in the show notes at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 16 to register for a free webinar delivered by Rosalie Delafore, Lost Art of Herbal Tea. I will certainly be attending. You might remember Rosalie from episode 14, Herbal Cold and Flu Care. And if you're listening to this later, I will include a new link for the Herb Mentors page in the show notes. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate you. Be smart. Be healthy, be you.